My safe word will be whiskey. Sorry, Rod, what was that? Whiskey. This is Steve from the Lost in Translation podcast. Uh, I almost forgot the name. I'm here with the boys, Sean, Sean, and Travis. How's it going? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Sean, hey, just, Sean just got home after a week in what we like to call Northern Hell. Um, and the other Sean has been in isolation. With full quarantine, full quarantine. Sorry, full, full quarantine. Yeah, sorry, full quarantine. He's COVID got. Positive. He's got the vid, not the clap. Yeah. The vid. The vid. Yeah. Capital V. Do we have to quarantine after we get the clap? We probably should. People probably should. should. They should probably apply these quarantine rules to other viruses and diseases now that, <laughs> like, now that we now that we fully understand the purpose of quarantine. If yeah, you got like idea. clap or herpes or like even the fucking sniffles, just stay home. I don't want your shit. Right. So do you, do you know how you can tell that Sean's been quarantined is his, uh, YG whiskey nights, like tower has not really moved since our last podcast recording. It means he's not able to, he's not able to leave the house and, and push that onto the world. He's just he's just stuck at home. Sad. Have you added a bottle of uh Signal Hill there? Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one that I won from uh, your page. Oh so long ago. That was that was like a year ago. Yeah, I haven't opened it, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, we're not here to talk about what bottles Sean doesn't open. We're, <laughs> There's uh, lots of bottles I haven't opened, just to be clear. Yeah, we, we were uh, actually talking about opening heels on this podcast, and Sean, it was actually Sean's idea, and then he decided, or he realized that he doesn't have really any heels. So, oh, no, I do. I got I was, two here. I figured you were aggressively drinking something throughout the day so that you would have a heel to kill today. <laughs> but, or at least maybe I was, I was hoping. He's 20 more. ounces in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sean... <laughs> Yeah, he can barely he, sit heel up is straight. A relative, heel is a relative term, you guys. <laughs> yeah. At what point well, does I mean, become heel or open bottle? The, oh, wait, the beginning of that? COVID, everybody was drinking 20 ounces a day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, as, as you heard in the background, we do have a guest. He decided to pipe in before we uh, called upon him to speak, but that's okay. He's... Uh, He's a good buddy of ours and he's been wanting a stage for a long time. So we, uh, the guy's a history buff and he goes by the name, beautiful bearded Dave. And, uh, we love him dearly. So how's it going, Dave? Good day. Good day. Thanks a lot, guys. It's, happy, it's kind of happy to, to be here. Oh yeah. This is great. This is, uh, this is kind of funny because we were, uh, I was talking lately about how this is the year I need to go from thinking to doing a little bit with this whiskey world and the whiskey online persona. And I've already been, I've been happy to join up with Josh up North and I kind of jumped into a random event and I'm quickly realizing there's a lot of, there's a lot of things going into this that you guys just pull off and make it happen. And that I, I have to figure this out, but this is we're, awesome. We're Thanks considered the doers in this whiskey community, you know? So I'm glad we could be the doers for you and get you, Second get shot. you going. You, you've got a lot, but you're, you're a history, you're a history guy. You teach history, don't you? Like you, yeah. you took Last history year, obviously in school. It's a passion of yours. And when you get rambling on about history, it, it 
it impresses me and I'm not impressed very easily. So, well, I, I find myself, it's easy for me. If that makes sense. It's one of those things. When I went to university, I had all these ideas of what I wanted to do afterwards. And I found easy was like history was just really easy for me to remember. Um, things come up, they are fun. They're exciting. And as of late, there's a really big, I would say in the media world, uh, TV shows and whatnot, there's a huge history kind of excitement going on right now. There's movies of like Viking TV shows and there's everyone seems to be drawn to this historical narrative of their families. And I was talking with a buddy of mine about the, the emergence of those genetic testing kits, whatever the hell that means. Right. And just, I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting how people find the genetic testing kits as really, really important things. And I think that's a part of the whole, people are drawn to this historical narrative about themselves and about the world. It's, yeah, I think it's no, fun. Absolutely. And we're, we're going to, we're going to dive into it a little more before we get, I actually kind of want to hear like your, like if for people that don't know you, you, you work in the whiskey world, you're, you're kind of, you're embedded in the community. You do tastings all the time. You work for yeah. rare drams and, and yeah. Carmore and the Morrison and stuff. So before, but before we get into kind of your whiskey journey, I want to know what everybody's drinking as Sean so rudely interrupted <laughs> Dave with the squeakiest cork pop I think I've ever heard. <laughs> like awesome. when's the last time that bottle's been opened? <laughs> That's just it. Uh, it's been sitting at heel level for probably eight to 10 months. <laughs> and it was perfect to open it for this, but clearly the cork has been open for a while. <laughs> what do you, what do you, what were you opening? It's the old Perth 23. Oh, that's probably top blend I've ever had. I'd say it's a good kill. And, uh, I mean, rare drams, Dave, Dave's pretty much half the reason why I have this bottle to begin with. So I <laughs> figured it was appropriate to, uh, pop this one because the other one that i have is going to stay sealed for a long time yeah that's where i am right now i'm finished finished my open ones i've been through two already and i've got one close that is going to probably stay closed for a while travis what are you drinking um well i decided to go with uh, a carnmore release and i tried to pop my cork loudly and it just came out like a like a I don't know, like I was punching a pillow, like it made no sound <laughs> whatsoever. So I just pretended I didn't do it. Although you guys probably saw me try. It's the uh, Carnmore Mortlac 2007, 13 year old Oloroso Sherry. I think this was Josh's whiskey of the year. Know your whiskey from two years ago. I'm pretty sure there was two Mortlacs that came out in back-to-back -back yeah. releases. Yeah. One of them was better than the other. I'm not sure if this the first was it one. or not. It was the first, first one. one. Was, yeah. Yeah. yeah the two, it was a 2007. It was the first one. 2010, I think was the second. Yeah. They were, so they were is, both good, but yeah, this stuff is just, it's delightful. It's and Mortlack is, it's the beast of buff town, uh, the beast of buff town, the beast of, buff buff town. Town. <laughs> um, buff it's, town. A, it's, a, it's a frigging cool distillery. Anyways, that's what I got going. That sounds like a buff California distilleries. Is, uh, the slogan or something like that. <laughs> Buff the Town is Buff Town. The room next to this den that I'm in. Buff Town. Oh. Is that where you work out? Is that why? Well, it's more of a coat rack, but <laughs> as as my dad bod, my dad bod clearly illustrates. Yeah, you're in the dad 
the the work you're in your workout room right now working on your dad bot that's just how it is sean uh McCalder, what are you drinking? I'm on a mission to kill this uh, Elements of Isla, Colila. That's the one you had a straw in earlier. Yeah, I've been working on it all day. And now I'm just about done. <laughs> At least you picked a small bottle. Yeah. I was just going to say that 500 mil came in handy today. Yeah. Yeah. So Sean saw mission. one of those. Sean saw one of those memes that said whiskey kills COVID and it just breakfast till now he's just been like i am killing this covid yeah cast drink whiskey i live my main plan when i first tested positive i was like what's the strongest whiskey that i have i'm gonna have some of that boulder bourbon rining and cast pick he didn't probably didn't get that because you don't like to support us but it was a different Rheinengen bottle. Actually, it was a 1792 <laughs> foolproof. Oh, yeah, that and one's heavy too. It's the, uh, it's the strongest bottle that I had open at the time. Um, I'm drinking uh, this like an ode to Mr. Kincaid, the Canvas Man. Drinking the Carnmore 1991 celebration of the cast, Canvas. This is the uh, Crispy Crunch. As crunchy, bar. Oh, yeah. or crunchy Bar. I yeah. always get that wrong. Crunchy bar. It was crunchy bar. All chocolate bars taste the same anyways. Oh God, don't start this again. <laughs> you know, that bottle, that bottle is a very special bottle to Sean Kincaid and I. That's the first time I met Sean in person. Me and Uncle Kenny were pouring at the co-op whiskey festival in Calgary. Sean showed up in my booth with, who are you with? Denny, Danny Josh. and Josh. And uh, I, I had crunchy bars cut up at the table. Which and, is why I was there. <laughs> yeah. And that was the moment that, uh, that, uh, we fell in love. It was incredible. I, I wish, I beautiful. wish the audience could have seen the gleam in both of your eyes as you told that story. It was beautiful. Yeah. Did you mean the gleam? The, did you mean the, the gleam on Dave's forehead or the gleam in our eyes? <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> Dave. Dave is, Dave is sitting really close to the sun right now. I don't know where he is, <laughs> but you can barely make out any line on his face you can see his beard and his eyes and his glasses that's about it but what more do you need what more I'm do not you need lie to you. there's not much for lines i have i have almost perfect skin it's quite it's incredible <laughs> that's all, that's why that's why you have perfect skin you don't ever go in the sun you're perfectly that's right. white that's right like it's it's a fountain of youth guys you just gotta turn is. the lights up yeah anyways dave can you please tell us your whiskey story before we ramble into nothingness for the rest of this podcast <laughs> yeah. and what you're well, drinking what you're drinking yeah, oh yeah too. tell me what you're drinking first see i totally uh, lost actually, my train of thought i actually have a heel of the mortlach 2007 as well but i'm actually right now um finishing i don't have much left my edmonton scotch club highland park or can you release Ooh, wow. um, so Travis and I actually picked this cast. I wanted I wanted to drink it because this is part of my whiskey story. Is uh is Travis and I picked this cask, and it's it's one of the first times I ever picked a cask. All I remember saying is like this tastes like Werther's original. It's Highland Park. We should buy an entire cask of it. And it took off. It's amazing. Um, it's an amazing, amazing bottle. And I literally have maybe a dram left. And that's it. And then it's over. So I'm gonna enjoy it with you guys. That's that's special. Thank you. You just said it's one of the first casks I've ever picked. I, I, I if you could give me another cask you'd pick before that. I mean, we, we actually bought a cask before that, Travis. We just didn't bottle it yet. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. We, yeah, won't, so even, we won't even talk about that one right now. Let's not talk about that one. It's oh. one of, but there is a little bit of a situation there, Travis. And, and yeah, picking is a strong word. We just said, we'll, we'll take one. Yeah. That was when you were on your trip or something, but it was just some yeah. guy on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. He just sell bit. it like those guys that sell the the lion rugs on the side of the road, like yeah. the big blankets and the flags. Like a- Dave's like, Dave's like, do you sell casks, man? And he's like, I got casks, man. He's like he five gallon pail, um, still. <laughs> he just opened up his jacket and he had staves of casks. We had to smell stave and. And Dave's like, thank you. This is one of the first casks I've ever purchased. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dave, thought- you you have a. You have a pretty funny whiskey journey because um, obviously you're part of the Edmonton Scotch Club and the fact that you interrupted Steve before he could introduce you tonight is kind of funny because you are the, you are the Edmonton Scotch Club's director of interruptions. Um, I'm a little bit impatient. It's an official title. It's an official title. title. It's in the the minutes. And so minutes. uh, Yeah, of course, man. We got an agenda. We got an agenda. We got to listen. It's a very important stuff we're doing here, guys. So, so you, so you, you, you interrupted Steve before he could introduce you. And that's perfect for, for this interview, because that's just you. You're, you're so excited to talk. You're excited to tell people your story. Your whiskey journey is pretty funny because it, it started kind of around the same time as mine in the, in the sense of with the club, but was, what was your whiskey experiences before the Edmonton Scotch club? Well, let's just say I grew up in Northern Alberta in the cold you know parts of the fire around the fire i'd have some maybe crown royal and some ginger ale in a cocktail mixed in a plastic cup and that was about it i did not have very little to none no whiskey experience whatsoever and then i was uh i was excited about joining a group of my friends i've seen known for a long long time and this process started to develop i had this um this this appreciation actually the first whiskey i actually appreciated was a tomatin 15 if you remember there's like a red and black box of a tomatin 15 and it was the first time i actually sat there i'm like this is 15 years old this whiskey has a a little bit of a story to it and i and i realized the how cool whiskey was and it's not just these little like beers you just chug and there's neat taste and it was a nice little moment if that was like these stories, these, like these, these things. And I, I really got excited about this whiskey kind of process, but I was still very much, I had a new, I had a couple of new kids at the time. I was a new family member. I was just trying to release some tension and whiskey allowed me to do that with my buddies. So it was more just me going again, hammered. Um, I underestimated the power of whiskey. I, I, I drank way too much of it too quick. The first couple of times <laughs> I had to figure out my pacing you know, I, I remember one time I came home and my wife was like, Dave, you're a mess. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. It's just, it was, I had a bad pizza. It was a bad pizza night. I'm okay. Good. I think I ruined a carpet that first night. I had to throw it out, but I started to get through about a couple months later or a couple of tastings later. I started realizing about pacing and like slow it down, sip instead of drink, you know, just relax, enjoy the pro enjoy the time. And, uh, I started getting this appreciation for whiskey and literally within a couple of years, I, <laughs> I took off from my new family. I think my child was like 10 months old, my second child. And Travis and I spent two weeks in Scotland one summer. I just left. I'm a teacher. So I have summers off. 
And that's really like peak summer Scotland tourism season. We went like August. We ended up ending our trip in like Edinburgh for like 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 folk festival Edinburgh. It was it was crazy. It was such a good time. Can I I ask a question? Can I ask a question? Absolutely. Just because I don't know the answer. Are you were you and Travis friends pre Edmonton Scotch Club? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I've known Travis. We used to work for a ski ski culture company thing um, where we'd actually take tour groups up to the mountains and ride in the mountains. And, and, uh, we, uh, as a university student, I was like 19 years old and I was organizing bus trips to the mountains because I couldn't afford to go skiing, but I realized if I can get 30 of my friends to pay for it, They'll take me to the mountains for free. And I'll just the same reason to start a scotch club. That's exactly the same thing. (laughs) I love it. it. If I get 30 of my friends together, there's something about group thinking. Like I, I I have a tendency to make my hobbies free as fast as possible. There ain't nothing. You know what's funny is I would have been actually on, I probably would have been on those buses with you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But we were too drunk to remember each other. <laughs> oh, man, and Dave, like, Dave didn't have as big of a beard then. I, I didn't have as big of a man. belly then. He was well, more I think tanned. I had a, Travis, too, I had a chin strap. I had a chin strap. Then. A chi- oh, oh man. I definitely <laughs> didn't. Oh, you should get that. Back. Definitely did not talk to you. Two thousand four boys, frosted tips, chin strap, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. And the first yeah, time I, was... I met Dave, the first time I met Dave, you guys was at the the um, uh, what's that great pub on White Ave? Uh, the Black, Black Dog, Dog Pub. Black Dog. It was a it was a backside event. Dave came up to me and he's like, Hey, like I'm a guide. And I was, or he wasn't a guide. He was an organizer. And I, I was like, Hey man, me and my wife are planning a trip to Montana in a couple of weeks. You want to come? And Dave's like, I'm in. <laughs> and that was it. It was just the rest on, the, is on the spot. <laughs> and we found out years later that he actually took an ex-girlfriend of mine to grad in Bonneville back in the day. So there's like, how old how old were you guys at that time uh well travis is way older than me right so um <laughs> like it's i was like 19 travis is 46 i think <laughs> no, no, um i was i, I was late 20s let's travis is a good looking 70 year old though let's give him some credit <laughs> i was 22 travis is 23 i think 24 oh yeah okay man if you travis, came you get well i'm you're similar or wait, I'm a year younger than Travis. So I'm rating between you guys, but yeah, if it was back when you were 22, 23, I had long, I had blonde hair down to my, past my shoulders. So there's no way you would have recognized me ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, there's no way we can make fun of Dave's chin strap with the hair that we were rocking back. Then. Oh God. No, we had, you guys should have seen G-Hoff. G-Hoff had like jet black straight as oh, hell hair oh, oh, had, like angle, yeah. angle bangs you oh know, yeah we had, straight up yeah were you swooping oh yeah full oh, swoop nice it's yeah those, we, my, that'd be a whole other episode old hair dudes. i still have my driver's license from like 2002 with <laughs> the jet black swoop hair yeah that's awesome right. that was cool when we Real release cool. this episode i think we need pictures of everybody with what we're <laughs> yeah, talking about like, as part of the, really- the era in the <laughs> yeah in, the, in the hosts in the host pictures i'll put old pictures of all four of us so yeah. everyone dig one out for sure dave yeah. with the chin strap and dave, on dave the with the chin strap if you <laughs> can't find one dave Wait. then i'm just gonna photoshop a chin strap what, what, year? Are we looking at? what year it would have been this, like 2006 
uh, what year Four. for us, Dave? Four, 2003. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I graduated in 99, 22. Yeah. So 2003, 2000, 2003 to 2005. Man, that was in the heart. We were going on backside trips all the time. That's crazy. It's just small world. And then meanwhile, in the music scene, I was bumping shoulders with Sean because Sean was right there with all the bands that we played with. Like, it's just crazy how small this world is. Anyways, yeah, it's the best well, part of not a very big city. No, I'll tie this all back so. together that all the people, all the people from from those that ski tour group backside tours actually we all became such good buddies because we were drinking every weekend guiding every weekend having a good time and we all basically formed the edmonton scotch club that's that's what the edmonton scotch club became so Mm. it's just to sort of tie it all together and that's how dave and i went from being idiots in a scotch club to well dave can finish the story with rare drums yeah sorry to interrupt but that's a really that was great thank you uh we call those a tangents yeah. yeah and i all i know is this is that this whiskey event became this random trip to scotland and for me i went to scotland for history i'm a high school history teacher i've been teaching about castles and bullshit it was actually kind of funny because i i lined up all the castles i'm going to see travis lined up all the distilleries we're going to see together and we both agreed on like pub tours in the cities. Cause again, I knew about whiskey a little bit by then, but I was more interested in learning about, you know, I don't want to bore you with the details, but the castle stuff, right. But what's fascinating is the whiskey distilleries are like castles. When you go to Scotland, it's so cool to see these distilleries, these 200 years of distilleries are, are, are part of this greater community of history in this, in the story of Scotland. And it's just fascinating, but on that trip, Travis, like, here's a guy I want, we want to meet this guy. He's going to show us around Glasgow. And I'm not sure if Travis have told the story before, but we largely got stuck in this, this, this way over our heads. We were not meant to meet these really important people, but we did. And we got a chance to develop this relationship with Bob and we came back home and years later, we're now working for a company. Um, just recently, Travis has joined with Steve and you guys are doing this amazing work at PWS and I got the opportunity to move into Red Rams, right? So it's been good. So your, your story that you passed on all of this is yeah. early in the Scotch Club days, the night where... You want me to tell that story? Travis? Oh, I mean, you have to. It's part of your journey, Dave. And so, we, we love talking about journey, journey, journeys. Literally, I, I was journey. sitting up, And we want to uh, hear I, the real story. Travis always talks about how, how awesome he is in all these stories. So we need to hear <laughs> yeah, how awesome yeah. you are. So when I was sitting at one night, when I was sitting there, is this with Ben? Yeah. And I was sitting on. with Ben. And it was sitting, it was like the third or fourth tasting. We're literally in my buddy's work like studio space where they have like a golf screen and like we have all like the tables and a bar and I'm sitting there hammered and my buddy's like, what do you think of this whiskey, Dave? And I look at him in the eyes and I'm like, and he's a really good friend of mine. I'm like, I could give a shit about those whiskey. I'm here to get drunk and I've succeeded. And he looks at me, he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, Dave, I, Ben, I, I, I'm not here to talk about whiskey. I'm here to hang out with my friends and get drunk. Now, and literally he was like, he was a little bit insulted. He's like, how dare you say that? We spent all this money on this really good whiskey. And I had no idea about the quality of shit I was drinking. I had no idea 
that Travis put all this work into finding these rare bottles. I had no clue. All I knew was I was drunk success. I was having a good time with my friends. I was going to probably <laughs> eat donair later that night and walk around half naked in my house, trying to find my bed. That was my plan. It's usually how most people measure success. How <laughs> drunk am I? Yeah. yeah. And how <laughs> and, um, good was the donair? And, and literally that moment, <laughs> that moment, I realized like, there's a story here. This is such a cool experience. And now I'm, that's all I think about is studying the symbols on different whiskey bottles and what, what the relevance are for the community. It's like, it's, it's complete. It's my brain just latched on to this idea of whiskey and now I can't let go. It's kind of, it's fun. It's a good time. That's the historian in you though, right? Like you're. <laughs> Looking well, like at you look everybody look that's the cool thing about anything really everybody looks at it in such a different way right so it's Absolutely. it's cool to see it's cool to see what whiskey means to everybody differently yeah right yeah, like, for, like for Sean Kincaid it's it's just the reason to get pissed off at the world <laughs> it's for, anger. for it's you a vote for anger it's, <laughs> yeah it's, yeah no I was gonna say for Sean it's just like it's just a, a way of comparing something to something from Ireland. It's it's every whiskey is a gateway to Irish whiskey. And for you, every whiskey is a gateway to, to history. It's, yeah. it's like, and, and so, I mean, it's kind of driven you and that's kind of why we had you on here today. We wanted to talk to you a little bit about kind of what you kind of are. I mean, you've been talking about it for years, Dave, let's not lie. You're a procrastinator yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're an idea guy. But um, do you want to tell, I guess we already kind of talked about the rare drowns thing. So let's just dive right into the, the whiskey insights sort of idea. Yeah. Give us, Um, give us kind of a lowdown right behind the idea, Travis. Is that, that's kind of what you're saying. Right. And like, I mean, in the, in the show notes here, it says whiskey insights. What the fuck does that mean? Okay, I'm happy. If there's one thing Travis is good for, it's writing the notes and being the only one that reads the notes. (laughs) If ever you go traveling with Travis, guys, I'm just going to give you a heads up. I've been on a lot of trips with Wadi. It's literally a 15 minute schedule for the entire freaking day. It starts around 10 because you're up all night and you don't stop the schedule till 3 a.m. It's called like it's called an ofrenda. And, and he, he literally, he literally gets these little spats with people. Cause they're like, let's just experiment. Let's just see what happens. Let's just walk in Edinburgh and see where we end up. And Travis like, guys, there's 15 of the best pubs in this city. And we can get to everyone in the 12.5 minute walk. If we perfectly line up this list, this is called, this is the walking tour that I've developed for two months of planning. This is what we're doing today. It's going to be the best day of your life. I I can just picture Travis with all these, like those little child, child wrist leashes and all his buddies (laughs) in Scotland, just like roping them around this. (laughs) It works out. It's a good time. Don't get me wrong. I get, you know, I'm successfully drunk at the end of the day, but man, it's Travis, Travis, just to warn you, when we take our first trip, which we are going out to Colorado soon, I'm, I'm a little bit of a wanderer. I'm a, <laughs> I, I don't like to start my day very early. I like to stay up late. So that's good. But yeah, you can do all the planning for me. That's fine. I'll be sending you an agenda uh, tomorrow. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, three months in advance so I can review it. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, anyways, let's talk about whiskey insights. I, I was going to go with like trying to find this way to make a, a handle that talks about history and whiskey. So I went with whiskery at first. Say and I'm again? like, that sounds whiskery. 
<laughs> sounds like sounds like whiskers, like some sort of cat fetish weird. Yep. I'm yeah, like, no, it does. Work. Sounds weird. You definitely tried, picked the better one. I tried like whiskey. I was looking at whiskey story, and I'm like, that's just. But insight is when you. Uh, it's a. It's a term that I kind of makes sense to my brain. It's really when you get the holistic view of a thing. When you get an insight into something, you get the kind of a, a bigger picture of what the thing is. And I think if you look at sales, like marketing sales, a different distilleries right now. If you talk about Macallan, are they selling Macallan bottles? Or are they selling the fisherman in the river beside Macallan? Right. If you're looking at different stories, you look at like look at Ardbeg. They're run out of things to talk about of the history of Ardbeg. So now they're talking about pirates and shit. Like they're they're literally they're making, making shit up. <laughs> making, like it's and it's that's okay. They're doing yeah. well. I love Ardbeg. But the idea is they 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 they're trying to find stories. And I'm like that's insight. That's that's what I got excited about. And it was available on Instagram, so I took it. <laughs> and so I how could they it. not like? I'm sorry, but with a deep as deep rooted history is as a like our bag in the land around it how in the world could they could they possibly run out of history or well, things to uh, yeah i don't know like well, it, it doesn't make well, sense to me right like they've also like, ran out of ideas on how to make whiskey so it kind of coincides oh, I was waiting uh, for that. can I was someone waiting for that. insert a hot take <laughs> i think they're I think they're trying to attract a different group of people, right? They're trying to be fun. They're trying to reach out to other sectors of society. I don't no, know, but, but that, again, that doesn't make any sense because they, yeah, they got a flashy, <laughs> like this fur fermentation thing. No regular whiskey person is going to be like, Ooh, long fermentation. I'm so excited about that. And the only person is Travis. That's it. Travis loves fermentation. Yes, he don't does. You, but don't you, don't you like fucking mixed... dare bad talk fermentation. <laughs> you, should, you, should ask, you should ask Travis why some distilleries have different fermentation times. Out of the hundred comments on my post the other day, Travis and Danny were the only two that were like, uh, raise their hand. I want that. <laughs> Anyways, no, go on. Sorry. Oh, I, I we, want it. I just know that I won't get it. Yeah, well, yeah that's so and it, Travis knows he doesn't have to enter any lotteries for that because there'll be bottles of that sitting on the shelf for months. <laughs> oh, another hot take. Listen to this guy. Listen to this guy. You know, whiskey, whiskey Bry is going to have a conversation with you when you listen to this podcast because he is a regular listener and and a and a past and a past guest and a past guest and we yes and a good friend of ours. I consider he is a good Bry friend. a friend. I he's hope a, he's, he's a great you. guy. I hope so too. Well, I'll just I'll just stare at him <laughs> while he's talking to me. He is like a I do with he my is wife. A beautiful she, man. <laughs> when my wife gives me shit. It'll be the same thing. I'll just be like. I know he's even. It's just that he's even got a great <laughs> yes, voice dear. to go with those looks. I even like when he when he messages me. I read his texts in his voice in my head, just so I can. I feel like I take it more, more romantic. This is called tangent number two. No, this is probably he tangent actually, number eight. He actually once saved a bunch of Supernova. One of the the second release of it, one of the cast strength. That's what the committee release um, for whiskey at the Victoria whiskey festival. I met him like a couple of days before we talked for like 10 minutes about our bed killed on cross, which is going to be one of my stories. And um, he's like, that's awesome. And then we went for part of ways. I saw him again, like 1am and he's like, come over here. He's like, I've been saving on this bottle literally all day everyone's been asking about it but i want you to try some first and then i'm going to put it on the table with the rest of them like the guy met me for 10 minutes and decided yeah. to save 
the most important bottle he had that weekend. For sure. And he's like, there's no, there's no else. denying, there's no the denying Bry is a, is a special guy. Like the guy he's, he's amazing. Yeah. And Sean awesome. Kincaid's here. Just, just bashing him. Sean, no, Sean, Sean just likes to throw the pot. Even Whiskey Brian no. knows that. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, Dave. Where were where were we before tangent number well, two? The insight. Then this is what this is my insight. I think whiskey is a memory, um, where most other drinks are a moment. And I think that's something that that just resonates in my head. This idea of like, what do you you remember whiskey? For me, anyway, I remember whiskey way more than I remember most beer. I'm not saying beer is bad. I love beer. I, I love beer. But you have to make beer to make whiskey. You have to make beer to make whiskey. But the idea of, I remember whiskeys. I remember a Glenn Grant, 47-year-old Glenn Grant I had. I remember the first canvas I actually have. I remember that. I remember these moments. And there's something about this. When you take a bottle of whiskey, there's literally a retirement. Someone retired possibly in the lifespan of that whiskey they started their job and they retired and that whiskey was in a barrel they looked at their entire life yeah. i thought that was amazing that is and amazing. for me i'm like hey well what does that mean where does the story come from and then it kind of extended into this terra noir business uh, and i'm like okay dave it's 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 terror okay terra noir is what you guys know what it is right no terror noir sorry what are you like that's a is that a type of dog like a terrier? That's is that, it's what, you're a, is that, a, is that what, what they call where the provenance where whiskey comes from? That's what yeah, we're talking yeah. about, right? A Scottish terrier, yeah. Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just this that's idea true. of like what does the what does the ground provide? I don't know if that applies to whiskey. There's a whole conversation about that. We're gonna talk. I don't need to talk about that right now. But for me, I got this it, like it does. It does. One hundred percent. It does. Of course, it 100%. does. Right. If, if you're having an if you're having a spring bay, it matters where the ground is. Waterford, <clears throat> everything makes a difference in the production. Let's we'll just leave of it at course that. It yeah. Of course it does. So the spring bank, the spring mostly, bank mostly long fermentation. Sorry, Dave. I Stop hate to interrupt. interrupting, Dave. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's we had like the spring, the local spring bank, same thing. The land around it matters, right? Coleman and all that jazz. But I found like what for me, like it actually started, ironically in Dufton. So Travis and I were in Dufton and we were walking around Dufton. And this is where our story began is we're walking around Dufton and we found ourselves not able to visit distilleries. It's the distillery capital of Scotland. Some of the best distilleries on the planet, Glenfiddich, Balvany, and many others, Dufton, Mortlock. And we were sitting there and we couldn't get in to any of these distilleries. They wouldn't let us in. We actually rented bikes to go on a bike tour of Dufton because we were going to be too drunk to drive and we couldn't get into distilleries. So it was no point in keeping our ratchet old bikes. We ended up going for a walk, like a walkabout. We grabbed a bunch of whiskey and some, I think ham and bread. And we, <laughs> we started walking around. Um, and we find when you walk around Scotland, there's like standing stones and there's like stone circles and there's these monuments, the thousand year old monuments everywhere, like literally just popping out of the, everywhere it's like, and a, I was, like the baseball bat on 118th Ave in Edmonton <laughs> exactly. it's the same sort of idea <laughs> yeah 100 percent the yeah. same and um I found myself like trying to figure out where these places were I took these pictures I tried to figure out it was and this is where the first story kind of came from so 
what I found when I started drinking Mortlock, first off, Mortlock is amazing. I think we can all agree. Mortlock is an amazing distillery because the fermentation times are weird because their worm tub is weird. You know, the, all that job they have is weird. Their distilling types are weird. It's just a cool distillery. Um, I do want to go one day. I just have to phone ahead and get it, get a room. Was that what's the cool issue? About- you couldn't get in because you had to phone ahead. Yeah, they, they don't why. take public. Well, when when we went, they didn't take public tours, so they definitely wouldn't take public tours now. COVID oh, time, yeah, COVID time, probably not. No, oh, interesting. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Like, 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 literally, like, don't we try getting Balvenie? Balvenie doesn't take public tours unless you have like a you phone six months beforehand. Yeah, the only one you can go is Glenfiddich, and it's like this huge, huge, like it's a it's a beautiful distillery, but it's it's definitely market as a tourism site more than anything right i wanted to see something a little more real for sure glenfiddich's next level though like in terms of size and output oh yeah glenfiddich like has everything a, else around there i think glenfiddich has a bus terminal guys like <laughs> it's nuts that's, I'm that's not, where the whiskey is made yeah in the bus at terminal. the bus terminal Absolutely. Yeah. It helps. It helps. The, that's what that bus is driving around the world. Hey, I like Glenfiddich. Uh, I don't I mind do Glenfiddich. Yeah, Actually, no, one of the best whiskey I've ever had. Yeah. yeah Glenfiddich. Glenfiddich makes some it's great whiskey. storm, but we don't talk about that. Well, only because it divides uh, after the after tasting instantly. <laughs> All right, Dave, we're walking around Dufftown. So we're walking around Dufftown and we found ourselves in this hill. We're overlooking Mortlock. And uh, it was cool. We took a picture. It was a nice little moment. Travis and I held hands. But what was fun about it was we actually crossed over this river. It was called the Dullin River. And by this Mortlock Church and uh, this Kirk, they called it. It was cool. We walked around. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't do my research. I came home and I started looking into this site. And I quickly realized this cool story. So on that site, literally a thousand years ago, like about 1010, in the 100th century, um, a king of Scotland was attacked the, a rampaging horde of Vikings. There was this Viking came down from Elgin, from Moray, and they attacked. And they're invading at this time. They're invading most of England, the United Kingdom at the time. Um, North Umbria was taken over. There's this whole Viking invasion. And the Scots were defend themselves. There's this guy named King Malcolm um, II, who actually defended himself against this guy. Later on, when the horde approached, they attacked with vigor. They lost three of their generals, three of their chieftain thanes. The Scots were in this like kind of like moment of shock, got pushed back, and they crossed the Dullin River. And supposedly, they used the Dullin River as a water source to break up the Viking army. And they ended up the the Kirk of Mortlach. And in the Kirk of Mortlach, they actually pleaded with the local authorities and the local people. And King Malcolm got reinvigorated with energy, I guess, or spiritual empowerment, whatever the Scots myth want to say or the story wants to say. And he promised the church three spear lengths of land. And this is why I'm telling the story. And he pushed back against the Vikings. He was able single-handedly to take the Viking chieftain Inutis off his horse, strangled him with his bare hands, won the battle, pushed back. The Vikings went north. The Danes went north. At the time, they're called the Danes. And literally by 10, 
16, the Danes left Scotland. And we actually have, that's why the, the Vikings stay in Orkney. And that's why you have Highland Park has all these Vikings kind of conversations about like the Thor and all that stuff. It's because the Danes conquered the Orkney Islands, but they never actually conquered proper Scotland because King Malcolm II kicked their ass at Morlock. So where Travis and I were drinking our Morlock whiskey, walking around with a, on that site, literally, but the Mortlock distillery takes his namesake from is when the Scots told the Danes that they're, you know, go home. This is our land. We're going to keep it. What would have happened if that whole section became Danish? Who knows? The picks are gone. The Scots it would have been a country gone. full of Geneva, Geneva yeah, the, or whatever the Celts it's called. are gone, right? Geneva, 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 Geneva. How do you pronounce that? Anyone know? Gene- what are you Geneva. Geneva. Geneva, Geneva, Geneva. It's like gin. Yeah. It's like whiskey gin. Yeah. Those stones, right? Yeah. I remember you pointing it out, Dave, when we were there. And I remember this cross and like there was, there was actually still like a piece That's of stone. Wild. But we, we, we actually took pictures. Travis, yeah. Jesse has a picture. So after when King Malcolm was done, he buried the standing stone saying this is the new border of his church. We were walking around the standing stone literally in 2020 or 2017, whatever it was. Yeah. And we were drinking whiskey, touching the standing stone. We had no idea what it was. That standing stone was the moment the Danes left Scotland. That is amazing for me. So when I drink Mortlock, I think about the fact that this whiskey world may not have happened. If it wasn't some dude ripping off a Viking off his horse, strangling to death with his bare hands on Mortlock's site. So every time I drink a Mortlock, I think about the Battle of Mortlock in 1010. The Beast me, of that's, Dufftown. That's, that's, that's he's crazy. The, he's the original Beast of Dufftown. People are only killing people with their bare hands. Who, okay, here, here's a question for no, all of you. If you, could, if, you could change, if you could change the course of history right now by strangling one man with your bare hands, <laughs> who would it be? Oh, oh let's 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 not get too crazy here. This podcast need- could go many different ways in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. Damn, need- none of you bit. Okay, Dave. Yeah, let's proceed. pass. Let's pass. Dave, five you guys are boring. <laughs> Dave, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh wrangle everybody in here like uh <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, wrangle Sean, Sean's just like sorry, I was, Sean's just like Stadler or Waldorf in the background just calling shots and people while they talk. I couldn't help myself. I don't want that guy to die. Right. I'd like right. yeah, in the way. That's like something you immediate regret. You're just like, I don't really want to strangle anybody. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna um, wrangle you guys in like like um like I'm rip on Yellowstone and pull this oh, I love all rip. back together. Good, of them in my good reference. Good reference. Um so Dave, we got uh, let's say 15 minutes left. And there's two things I want to ask you because one of them, one of them is, and I think maybe we'll do this second. I want to ask, cause you do some pretty cool deep dives in terms of your, like how you find this information. It's not just, you can't just Google all this stuff. So I I want you to tell people kind of how you get this info, but I know that Sean is a big Highland park guy. And I know Highland Park's a very popular distillery. And I know you just kind of referenced the Vikings in. So can you just, I know you did a little research on the area around the Orkney islands, let's say. Well, I, the problem I have doing these is I get excited and I start digging too deep, but I actually found to find the battle of Mortlock. A lot of people say it may not have happened exactly the same way. So I found this, the Scottish journeyman's 
hand booklet from a university in like the 17th century. So it was like given out to like noble sons and I talked about this Battle of Mortlock and I dug back from there. Where did you but, find um, that? Yeah. Where do you find uh, it? You just find You can't books. just say I just found it. Well, you, you, I went and Googled a book and then I found the book and I went oh, to like, okay, okay, okay. I went online and went through the, there's like, there's libraries that you can find digital yeah, books yeah. and stuff. You just would do some homework. Um, there's still light. There's still libraries. Yeah. Cool. They exist. Yeah. They're fun. Oh, wow. Like and, virtual um, libraries. Mostly. Yeah. They're all. Yeah. You cool. can, but I actually physically went to a library for this one. Um, I went to the U of A Rutherford library, but Good um, for you, well, <laughs> but the, yeah, I'm a nerd. But the thing is this, here's the thing, is I found that I have a choice of <laughs> I have a choice of digging into different distilleries or I have a choice of talking about Scotland as whole. Yeah. And that's why I think the Highland Park story is so cool. And I think they're missing something so important. They're, they're so focused on the Viking heritage of Highland Park, mm-hmm. which is badass. The Orkney Islands badass. But hike, like what people don't realize is that Orkney Islands, like if you take, if you go to Highland Park. And this is, I think, where I'm going to start a series about the history of Scotland through almost like a trail of whiskey distilleries. And I think the first one, this is my plan. I want to have an event where we have a series of conversations and I give everyone like a two ounce dram, like a three ounce dram. And you sit there and enjoy one dram for three ounces. Like we're not in a hurry. Let's just sit and talk about this one distillery, four distilleries, two ounces each. And Highland Park would be the first. If you go from the Highland Park doorway, 23 kilometers. Dave, that, that's eight ounces of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's wrong with eight ounces? Yeah, that's of whiskey, only though? half as much as what Sean and Sean do in a tasting together. That's right. <laughs> um, from the Highland Park distillery, 23 kilometers away, like literally just a 15 minute drive, especially in Scottish roads. Those guys are nuts. Um, <laughs> they are nuts. Yeah. That's why they don't drive find, anywhere. You can find one of the oldest preserved Neolithic sites in the world. It's like one of the oldest Neolithic sites called Scatterbre. And it's literally, you've been there? I've been there. Yeah. I went there. I haven't been there yet. And so just like some frame reference, I went to Scotland as a kid, which is crazy in like 1990 something. Um, and when we went to there's like no barricades, nothing. You could just yeah. like go in there and like we there, we have pictures of us um, just like running around and climbing on all the stuff. I bet you you can't do that anymore. Um, yeah, the- I've been there as a kid to Orkney because uh, we have some extended, extended family up there. Um, and it's a very cool place. Well, Scotland, Scotland has Danish laws. Uh, Dave, just so you know, Sean has a photo book of that experience and he will post the photo book sometime coming up. I do not have a photo book of 1993, but uh, I have many photo books. And I also, Danish, speaking of Danish, my brother lives in Denmark. Currently. Continue, sorry. So Skarabre is a 6,000-year-old city, largely. And it's 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 6,000 BC, so it's 8,000 years old to us. Like, this is, like, these guys are developing literally uh toilets about 7000 years before england and it's running water in the streets of london like it's it's amazing this city and it's literally 10 15 minute drive from highland park 
<laughs> and I kind of want, I want to start that conversation there. Like what does Scotland look like? And every time you move to a different location, there's amazing distilleries beside it. So it's almost like when you walk into the distillery, if you turned around, walked out to a local area, you could find a chunk of the story, this narrative of what Scotland is, what the Celtic people are, where, where this tradition of making whiskey comes from. And with this story, if you travel kind of through the, the Scotland, you can try all these different regions of whiskey and at the same time, learn something about it. And I kind of want to tell that story and I'm putting it together. And I want to start with almost like a Scottish narrative through whiskey distilleries. I feel like this, I, there's a potential, like a, I think like honestly, like a, you know, like those lonely planet books, but it'd be like lonely planet for whiskey history. Lon- like lonely Dave. Lonely Dave. How many people here get nerdy about listening to the 1820s? Like we have, like, yeah, I was listening to um, whiskey enthusiast was talking about doing an 1870 tasting. Like my gosh, like that's, that's nuts. Yeah. But that's only a part of the whiskey story. Like there was women making whiskey in these little huts of, of across the highlands in possibly the 15th century. Right. Yeah. Like which is, which is crazy to be able to like, when you think of what modern science has done for whiskey oh, yeah. making to just, just to like, just sit here and fathom how they created whiskey back when like modern science was is not didn't like, exist. It, right. Like it, it's yeah. just, it's crazy to me, honestly. And I think it's like, how cool would it be just to transport back in time? I would love and to meet, bring there, your Glenn a, Karn and just say, yeah, yeah. Top me up. But yeah. There's a story of a, a woman. She was actually Maria, the Jewish, a Jewess, I think her, or Mia, the Maria, the prophet. She was in Egypt. She may have made the first still like the, the year of 100. Um, like the story is so cool, but Where, the funny thing that? is, is that Scotland? Sorry. No, in no, Egypt. It's Egypt. Oh, yeah. Egypt. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. But that, cool. that process, like, like for instance, the big conversation is where did whiskey, how did whiskey join Scotland? And Sean's going to say Ireland. And that's bullshit. <laughs> hot take, Sean. Hot take back. <laughs> it's not the Irish. The Irish shit, have a different Sean just style. Sean took a shirt off. He's upset. The Irish have a different style. They have a three distill. There's a different process. I would say it's the French that brought whiskey to Scotland. What? And I would happily tell that story later, Sean. Yeah, we're going to go over that story for sure. <laughs> and just like that. to, so we don't like completely bury the lead here, be, I don't know. Anyways, we, don't we are going to, we are going to have a regular, the plan is to have a regular segment with Dave yeah, fun. so that he can tell, so he can just share some of these like cool times in history that, that are, that's basically just lent to the creation of, of, of the distilleries and the whiskey yeah. that we all enjoy today. I think it's going to be a really cool segment going forward and we're going to kind of let him storyboard it and, and we're going to figure it out. Yeah, for sure. And we're just going to include it in the episodes, but it's, it's, I don't know, to me, it's fascinating, honestly, like it's, I, I, whiskey's I, about I, stories and this is the true story. Honestly, I think that, and I think the story goes into Canada which I think is so brilliant. There's such a Canadian connection to Scottish whiskey, which I think is amazing. There's yeah, a story we'll, that we'll goes there like for sure. At least in, in the modern world of whiskey, Canada has a much larger part than people realize. Yeah. And it's cool. It's a cool moment. But like, I think, I think like, like I said, there's a, there's something cool about being in Scotland and we can't all go to Scotland, but if I'm able to somehow tell a story that brings us to Highland park and that if we ever do end up in Highland park, I'm like, man, take a half an hour, go check this site out. It tells a story that's a part of the narrative. And I promise you, Highland Park is going to use it. 
they're going to use that mark. They're going to talk about it because that's part of the story. Legavulin, you know, like that, like outside of Legavulin, there's a, there's a castle that overlooks. It's just, it's neat. It's such a cool thing. Who does it? Who does it better than Highland Park though? Like Highland Park, they really Ardbeg own. Used to. Ardbeg used to have some, like yeah. Ardbeg Kildon. Yeah. Kildon was one of the coolest bottles. I, it's one of the coolest bottles I ever I bought. Still, I still got sure. one. There's a and good Kildon story. Crosses, the Kildon Dave, Cross is, is, a, is, a, is amazing. Dave bought Kildon Cross uh, Ardbeg bottles on his first day in Scotland before I even got there. And we hauled those giant boxes around Scotland, shipped them home <laughs> for two weeks. It was, and, and you know what, to be fair, we poured them in an Ardbeg tasting and it wasn't, it wasn't the best whiskey in the tasting. It was fine. And it was he an all, Ard, it was an all Ardbeg, Ardbeg tasting. But the story behind it and and us lugging those things into hostels and out of hostels and it, the story behind that bottle means I will never sell it. I'll probably just leave it in my cabinet until Dave and I have yeah. a special occasion, like his daughter getting married or something one day. Yeah. Um, Dave, like we're gonna, pull, we're gonna pull that. We're gonna pull the bung here right away. This is shit's oh. about to get serious when we pull the bung. This is our serious round. But I, I had to. I didn't get to this when you were talking about castles because I didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but here's here's the deal, you guys. If you ever go to Scotland with Dave, or if you're ever in any castle with Dave, Dave will just walk around the castle and talk to anybody who will listen about the castle. Dave will tell you about certain rooms. He will tell you about what year the castle. He will tell you about battles that happened at the castle. He will tell you about famous people that lived in that castle. When we went on these castle tours, I would go and walk by Dave when I was curious about things. And then when I got tired of listening to Dave talk about things, I would just kind of wander away and just go by myself for a bit. And then I'd be like, Oh, I'm curious about this. And I would walk back to Dave and he would just keep talking the whole time. It's like having one of those audio tours on your ears that you can just put on your head. Dave is that audio tour at a castle and you just take it off your ears by walking away. It's it's, and I say it in the most respectful terms, Dave is the guy you want to tour Scottish castles with. It is, it's a, it's a very cool experience and he is fully erect the whole tour, which is awkward for the kids and for the parents and stuff, but it, you just, just don't wear peated pants. Yeah. I will say this though, man, like I, I've been talking about this stuff forever and you actually see it in person. It's a totally different beast. It's just awesome. And I want to share that. I'm going to give you a list. I'm going to make you a list of 10 interesting places and buildings and see what you can come up with tying it in. Are you going to make them in Ireland? I love you, Ireland, man. They don't read and write in Ireland, so it's problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, are you ready for the pull in the bung? Pull the the bung, Sean. Just pull it. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Are you threatening me, Dick? That's not a threat. What? That's a fact. I'll fucking kill you. What do you want to know? What? Say what again. Say what again. I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So this is a lightning round. No time to think. You just answer the question as fast as you can. Are you ready, sir? I am, yeah. <clears throat> One dead person you would want to have a dram with. 
Gandhi. One alive person you would want to have a dram with. Oh, fuck. Graham Usher. If you could go back in history, where and what year? 1946, post-World War II. Oh, interesting. How many hairs do you think are in your beard? Oh, thousands? <laughs> Millions. Millions, okay. Million. Wait, you went from thousands to millions. I don't yeah. know. Pick a, pick a number. I'm going to say 110,000. How many hairs do you think are left on your head? Less. Much, much less. Okay. Favorite daily dram? Spring Bank 10. Favorite rare drams whiskey you've released? Ben Nevis for four-year-old Ben Nevis. Mm. Here's the uh, real... Uh, divider Skittles or M&M's Skittles all day long gross <laughs> favorite lesson to teach in social studies nationalism you're weird all of all of the bad guys in human history which is the least bad Genghis Khan Oh, seriously? Okay, the wrapping round is bad? over. Can, can you elaborate? <laughs> Let's like dive into how not bad Genghis Khan is. Go. Uh, uh, guys, by the way, I spent hours on that question. <laughs> this is the best question we've ever asked. Uh, Gen Genghis Khan was a murderer, and so was every other warlord at that time. He was also possibly the first peaceful negotiator of trade in Asia. He's also possibly the first open to religious tolerance of all religions. He was also possibly interested in the first to actively share an education and information from different cultures. He actually possibly allowed for the creation of the Silk Road, allowing Marco Polo to speak with Kublai Khan, his grandson, beginning the Renaissance period in Europe. He, he developed, he may have been a hand in the Black Plague, but at the same time allowed Europeans, to, but that wasn't his fault. He had rats with him. It's not his fault. Um, but at the same time, he may have allowed the Arab and Asians and Europeans to speak for the first time in human history. Um, he's, he, he was a man of his time. He killed, but he killed without prejudice. He's killed his enemies. And what he did culturally and socially the world has never seen anything like that since. Like so basically, what you're saying is we should rename the Nobel Prize to the Genghis no, no, Khan no, Prize. No, you said the worst, <laughs> the best bad guy. He's still no, very but, much. Yeah, I know, but in, like, in his defense, though, it's not every powerful man pre 1900 was a was a bad man, really. Like every every powerful human being in in history, kind of predating the the 19th century. Had, has blood on their hands or uh, well, right? this like is a, honestly this is, much, this is a much longer conversation <clears throat> no, it really is for sure. explanation, i'm just saying i really appreciate that answer yeah. so oh, like even even leon dreisaitl gets pissy sometimes you guys yeah, yeah. <laughs> i will say i will say this though is yeah. that we have we yeah. have a responsibility it's to know mustache coming in too yeah we have, to, we have the responsibility to know what we did in the past but at the same time we don't have to glorify it it's kind of a really weird can i can i go back to um so we went from uh, in the pulling the bung round, which is my favorite segment of any podcast, uh, not just ours, all podcasts, all podcasts. Um, 
you went from one dead person you want to have a dram with. You went from Gandhi yeah. to a live person, Graham Usher. You went from Ga- Graham Usher just heard his name mentioned back to back with Gandhi. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I actually was going to say the queen of and England. Genghis Khan. So are you saying that Graham Usher is a mix of Gandhi oh, no. and Genghis I, what Khan? What I said was, I was going to have to say the queen of England. <laughs> I'd love to have a dram with the queen, but at the same time, I need to have a dram with the dram soon because I need to talk to him about something. So I'm like, yeah, I might as well just get it out of the way. That was well, just like a first go. person on your mind kind of thing. But yeah, gay. Having a, having a dram with Graham about. is actually interesting. Would you need a Graham just alone? in his room this sounds weird but um and just like pour pour some whiskey and he's got a lot he's got a lot of fun stories to tell he's he's that, a good drink with. that was but if you really want me to give me a chance to think about it the queen of england i bet you has some pretty damn good whiskey somewhere do you think or is she like Ooh, oh man, no. no i think she, she has a lot to he loves she, Scotland. yeah yeah he spends all her free time in scotland the woman hunts scottish red deer like the, that yeah the queen hunts uh, watch the crown, Sean. I have yeah. not watched the crown. <laughs> All right, are Culture we in yourself, yet? will you? We are. Yeah, we can, we can, we can, let's pull. Let's let's pull the bung on this show. back in. If there's one, if there's one thing that I've learned, pull the bung after you've already pulled it. No, 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 for sure. If there's one thing I've learned on this episode, Dave is far smarter than us four. That's yeah. that's no, the no, first no, thing no. I learned. The second thing I learned is Travis has fallen in love with two different men. So, and they're both on this yeah. Zoom call. That's getting awkward. Um, and the last thing I learned is the Irish are full of shit. So, that's no, uh, that's going to go a long way in many group it's chats I'm involved in. So. <laughs> open conversation about falling in love with anyone, but not the Irish. No, no, it's only conversation about the relevance of of the Irish with intellectual beings that aren't Irish. My not Irish. Yeah. My parting words are: next time you open a new bottle that we have been encouraging this year, new distilleries, new bottles, not Springbank, not Buna, find some new stuff. Just email Dave and say, Dave, what happened at? Fetter Cairn. What happened at Linkwood? What happened at McDuff? And Dave will send you a thesis of information. <laughs> Actually, Dave will send you a personally recorded video uh, and yeah. tell you all about the history of that distillery on that site. And I that is like why. Know, I would like to know more about Fetter Cairn. Fetter oh, Cairn's cool. The yeah. unicorn man. But that's that's what I got out of this episode. Do you know why Fetter Cairn has a unicorn? Sean, I have literally no idea. Because <laughs> the unicorn kills the lion, and then what? England is the lion. Um, uh, Lake Vuin is using the lion lately. Maybe they should I kill them. Like, <laughs> like, actually, if you if you want to talk about anti-Irish distilleries, what Lake did Lake do to you? Lake Vuin actually has a castle. <laughs> sitting at the end of its harbor that straight up looks at and watches for Irish raids. It's pretty cool. Still to this day, because they know that Irish makes better whiskey. Mm, I, I would don't. say, I would say better Karen should worry about making good whiskey before they worry about killing lions. Actually, <laughs> yeah. that would be my, that would be my advice to Fetter Karen. Solid advice. 
Yeah. Very good advice. Okay, on that note, uh, we thank you. We thank you all for uh, <laughs> for joining us tonight. Thanks, Dave. Honestly, thanks for joining. We're gonna like we'd like to mention. We're gonna have you on yeah, again, man. and it just for small segments. I like. It's interesting to all of us, and I'm happy that uh, I'm happy that we can give you a stage, honestly, because I know you got a lot to say. I know you've done a lot of research over the years, so this is going to be a fun outlet for you to uh, to whatever, just to just to teach us all something, right? We could all stand to learn more about everything. So, well, like like I said, whiskey's a story. It's always been a story, and yeah. if I can if I can tell some stories and people are interested, cool. I'm up for it. Thanks for having me so much, guys. It's awesome. Yeah. Cheers to you, buddy. Cheers, buddy. Let's uh, call it a night. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>